You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Hello again, everyone. You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm Doug Thorpe, and today I've got a great opportunity to explore a subject that is near and dear to me, partly because I'm a sufferer, and we'll we'll, explain more later, but it also impacts most of my clients, and that idea is about the clutter and chaos that's in your life, in your head, in your business. My guest is a lady named Kitty Andrews. She is an expert in this area. Kitty, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Doug. I've been looking forward to this. Kitty and I have had some great fun in the lead up and in the preparation for this show. Uh, she's got some great stories about her background and, and her um, move in this direction. And right before we hit the record button, we were talking about the challenge of executives, business owners, and and pretty much any of us today. Our world is running at a faster pace than ever. There are so many options, so many opportunities. There's so much information coming to us. We build this clutter in our lives. Sometimes it's physical and manifested in the trinkets around us. But the big one, and this is the one I really want to hit on today, is is the head trash, the the junk going on in between your ears, and and the the maze and mass of the content that's swirling around, not allowing clear, productive thought to emerge, so that you can accomplish the goals you're really intending to achieve. So that's a whole lot of mouthful, Kitty and. Uh, <laughs> I always like to start by asking my guests to explain to the audience a little bit about their journey on how they got to where they are right now and what what inspires you to do the work you're doing now. Oh, thank you for thank you for asking that because it's it's a bit of a strange journey. But uh, you you know we've all seen those pictures of the of the little kid very carefully stacking the building blocks. Right. And being very precise about it. Well, that that was me. I don't know if there was a touch of autism there or what, but that's that's how I started. We're, we'll fast forward to when I had my first office job. And uh, yeah, I didn't really feel like organization was a massive priority to me. I felt like a reasonably normal child, but I was promoted from a file clerk in in an office. You remember old-fashioned paper files? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how far back we're talking. <laughs> and uh, one of the ladies uh, from from the from that where I used to do the filing, she came to me and she said, "Would you consider coming back and working with us part time?" Because when you were here, we could find things. You were the best file clerk we ever had. And then moving on into into many years in the restaurant business, uh, I was voted and I also volunteered to organize the walk-in fridge so that people could find things. Because, you know, you're, bu- you're busy, you're in the middle of a lunch rush and you just throw everything back, right? Uh, and I loved 
doing that, making it so that you could see where everything is. Because part and a little bit of ADHD get, gets me confused if I'm looking looking for things and frustrated. And why isn't it where I'm looking for? The sour cream is supposed to be right here, kind of thing. <laughs> and then it and, um, morphed into a cleaning business. And this is where it gets interesting, an 18-year cleaning business where I always felt compelled to kind of rearrange things in someone's house. And I'm just talking, I'm not talking furniture, although I was tempted, but, you know, maybe uh, move, a, move a couple of things that were on the TV stand uh, just to make it, uh, make the, I didn't know anything about feng shui at the time, but it just felt better. It just felt less cluttered. And then that one translated into once I knew that I shouldn't be, I didn't want to be a, an elderly cleaning lady anymore, frankly. And the wonderful world of uh, decluttering for, for real estate sales happened and that morphed into virtual, which was described to me as a less intrusive by a realtor, as a less intrusive, more focused way to get rid of 30 years of insert insert noun there um and that has stayed and yeah that has morphed <laughs> yeah well as you and i spoke uh, earlier we uh, there, there is a higher velocity of opportunity to collect clutter of, of all kinds little uh, nebulous factoids that are scrolling on your phone, you know, and uh, all the way to tangible possessions. Um, and, and in the realm of business, the temptation, as is popularly called, to chase the bright, shiny object. And there's, in, in my experience, there's nothing more dangerous than an entrepreneur who has built their business to a certain point and actually has some cash in the bank and they get really tempted to start really branching out and doing these other things. And it's like, no, <laughs> stop, you know, perfect and grow what you've got, you know, before you think about some tangential um, new venture or new thing. Mm -hmm. And and until you're a, a multimillionaire, then then you can start thinking about being a serial, a true serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of jammed a lot in there, but let, let's talk about some of the basic. May, maybe we ought to talk about the symptoms first. When somebody is cluttered and 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 they're living in chaos, well, the, what are some of the symptomatic evidence that? you're you're in that space i can use myself as an example if you if you if you will because it comes to mind right away uh on on the weekends i i end up my sunday the kitchen counter is tidy everything is reasonably tidy we all accumulate stuff no one is perfect but it's reasonably tidy by wednesday after after three 12-hour days, by Wednesday night, I'm noticing a little bit of clutter. I'm noticing that it wasn't, it's not as lemony fresh as it was on Sunday night. And I clear it up and the next, the next two days are super productive again. And that just, and that has happened with my clients with uh, and with me. And all I can think is there is a definite 
correlation between physical and mental clutter and which comes first, however, which is the chicken and which is, which is the egg. And we have never been able to, I've, I've asked so many people and no one has really been able to answer that question. I suspect, I really think, and perhaps you would agree that everything starts between the ears yeah. one way or yeah. the other. Uh, well, in, in in my early life, as many of my listeners know, I was a banker and specifically I was a real estate banker. And now that I've turned executive coach and business advisor, I tell people the most expensive and hardest to manage piece of real estate in the universe is the six inches between your ears. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's also the most valuable piece of real estate you'll ever own if you can get it right. And uh, so it, it does. And I've I've always said I'll commit to memory. There's that adage, something about what you think and what you do and what you, I don't know. There's a whole long progression of how our thoughts oh, I know what you're talking about. Our yeah. success. Yeah. Um, and even though I can't say it correctly, it, uh, it I think it's true. It, it the, What we end up thinking does predict and manifest our success. So if you're, thought process is cluttered and and maybe with that your the environment around you is cluttered you've got sticky notes everywhere on your desk or on your phone or on your person and you've got little tidbits of paper here and there reminding you of things or you've just got a whole lot of extra <laughs> junk and i'm i'm kind of sitting here thinking i'm looking around my little environment here and i'm like well it's, it's pretty well organized. I did some work this weekend to clean up the studio and clean up some things, but this is where I do everything. So all of my stuff, books, notes, pads, um, phones, other devices, all, all the trinkets of electronics, all, all the things we do, it's it's all right here. And, and I do, I have to go through a discipline periodically of getting the shovel out and cleaning it up and, and, and getting it organized. And, and there is an element and I too will reflect personally there, there's an element of feeling more productive when it's organized and, and you've got, um, you know, everything in its right place and it's easy to find, easy to get to. And um, it's just not cluttered. Clutter is the only word for it. Yeah, and clutter breeds frustration, breeds, um, I, uh, uh, less, less confidence in yourself, less, uh, less of a feeling of control. Uh, and, and of course, that comes through when you're about to meet your, and people will, but people are usually surprised when I see it. And when I say this, that, that comes through when you meet with either a potential client or your existing client or anyone that you're doing business with, they can sense that you're not feeling you know, that, that uh, you're not feeling on to, on top of things yeah. and they may play on that <clears throat> in the worst case scenario and if not still it it just kind of undermines their confidence so you may lose a uh, a repeat customer because they just they don't have as much faith in you as they could uh, I think you raise a good point, and what I've seen manifested is someone who is dealing with the frustration of the clutter and the chaos that's going on either in their head or in their immediate 
sphere of influence around them when they do have to venture out and have that outside meeting, whether it's with a a vendor, a customer, a, a colleague, there's there's an air of frustration that's going on. And if you're the other person, you're sitting there going, what did I do? What, you know, what, right. why, why is this? I, I, I didn't do anything. And and uh, it does, it, it disrupts the opportunity for a good productive exchange there in that moment. It's it, it really is. Uh, when I started down this road about is mental clutter really really that important? For, frankly, I I looked at myself first. We were talking off air about about productivity and three hundred emails and all of this kind of stuff. And would you agree with me that it's gotten significantly worse since COVID because we've become because we've become so reliant on yeah. technology so everything is uh, we had emails before but i just feel that it's that that it is compounded that everything is um all about digital and if you if you uh if you want me if you like me were not born with a computer in your mouth, it takes us that much longer to, you know, that millisecond to process it, to process it effectively. Again, contributing to more mental clutter. So I believe that if we can simplify little decisions, everyday decisions, and perhaps have a routine, we can chat about that if you like, yeah. um, that uh, it can leave more room for to frankly more mental energy the little iphone battery at the top of, at the top of your brain there it leaves more of that to concentrate on doing what you're supposed to be doing serving your client yes yeah well well let's talk about that that idea of a routine i've i've had other guests on the show that have advocated for you know morning routine daily routine mm -hmm. etc uh, what i have tended to do with my clients my favorite word when we start talking about this is intentionality and whatever it is you think you want to go do uh, whatever this big hairy audacious goal is that you've got out in front of you the only way you're going to achieve that goal is to be intentional. As the old adage says, how do we eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. Well, that's implied intentionality. I'm, I'm going to choose where I'm going to bite next, you know, and I'm going to be uh, specific about where I'm going. So I think some degree of routine in the day helps facilitate that. So how, how do you think about routines like that? I think that, and good question, I, um, you mentioned a morning routine and a daily routine. Frankly, I believe, and I'm a devotee of Darren Hardy, who, who, who espouses the morning routine and the evening routine. The day, during the day, it might go a little sideways. There's, there's a good chance, but... Yeah. Um, with with my clients, I that's how we start. Is I ask them, okay, walk me through your day. What's your day look like? What time do you get up? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes uh, seven, sometimes eight, and I'll give them the kitty stare, and they go, oh, okay, we have to work on that, do we? Uh, uh, I won't. I, I won't run you through my routine, but it is a specific routine to the minute for that first. Uh, 
Mm, four hours. And there's oh, wow. a nap in there. There, I, I, I have, I have a little nap because it's intense writing in the morning, and I'll have that little nap. But then, after about, uh, and I'll write till about eleven o'clock. And then after that, if if it's clients, if it's a, whatever it is, that's okay. I've gotten the important things done. Yeah. And sometimes that can take a lot of discipline to say, all right, what is the most important thing? Well, I, I have a book chapter due today. That is the most important thing. And that is what got done this morning. You were the next important thing. Okay, we'll get that done. The, the rest of the afternoon, things will get done. And you may feel a little bit of mid-afternoon fatigue, and that's when you want to schedule something that takes no brain power, like filling in your 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 calendar or just using your brain power for its optimum purpose at the right time of day. And that is always in the well. It, whenever you get up, it's the first couple of hours of your of your day. Would you agree? I share with my clients this this idea that, you know, we all share one common commodity, every human being on the face of the earth. And the one thing we have in common that's undeniable, we each have the same number of seconds in the day. <laughs> and, um, you know, even the air we breathe varies depending on where you live and what you're exposed to and all of that. But that that. 86,400 seconds in the day is undeniable. And um, there's a there's a word picture that has described this thing about prioritization. And Stephen Covey made it mm. probably most popular, but I had seen it even before him. It's it's uh, it's the story about rocks, pebbles, and sand, uh. and it's. Um, it's a, a large jar sitting there, and if you take a quantity of sand and fill in first, and then you sprinkle some pebbles in, and then you put some big rocks in, you can't get all the big rocks in the jar. There, it overflows, and, and okay. you're, you're uh, not able to do that. But if you switch your approach, you take the same jars, same rocks, put all the rocks in first. Those are the big things you need to get done. And then you fill in the pebbles. Those are the little necessary things like, you know, run to the pharmacy, run to the store, whatever, those mm -hmm. kind of things. And then you pour in the sand, and that's the 300 emails a day you might have to answer. You'll be surprised you get it all done. It all fits in the jar. But the, the key to it is handle the big rocks first. And as painful as it may be and, and as difficult as you anticipate those things may be, get them done first. And sometimes, to be clear, a, a big rock is just that bite you have to take out of the elephant. Today is bite number 394, So, but I got to take that bite to keep my elephant moving and that's a big thing so get that done first and then you will still find time to answer the 300 emails but you just you flip the whole idea on that okay. and i have uh i have shared that there's there's a lot of youtube video references to the word picture and the way the story plays out but it's uh it's a very meaningful there <laughs> 
there's a college professor. He 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 put his own twist on it, and he had a, a bottle of beer at the end of it. He put everything in there, and then he poured the beer over it, and of course it all went in. And and <laughs> our student said, "Well, okay, I get the rocks." The student said, "All right, I get the rocks, pebbles, and sand. What's the beer for?" And he said, "Well, you always ought to have a beer with a friend." <laughs> so, uh, but um, I, I think it's important, and back to what you were saying a moment ago, whether it, blame it on the pandemic or the advent of technology, I don't know. I, I think it actually started even before the pandemic. Yeah. We've allowed the pace of business and the pace of our own lives to accelerate way beyond what we were once used to. And there is not that much free time in the day unless you make it. And there's a there's yeah. a guy I uh, follow. His name's Michael Hyatt. He's he's a virtual mentor, and he's done a lot of great work. He's former CEO of a large publishing company, and uh, one of the things he talks about is as business leaders and community leaders even, we need to figure out how to build margin in our life. We talk about increasing margin in our business, you know, profit margin. But we need to find ways to build time margin in our lives so that maybe we can do some more with the family. Maybe we can be home for dinner. Maybe we can take that trip with the kids or, uh, you know, have that special moment with your spouse. If you don't have margin in your day, you can't do that. You, no. None of it's there. Absolutely. And that's, that's uh, I couldn't have said it better than, and that's where the routine comes in to, to a certain extent. And of course, entrepreneurs say you, you need to put bread on the food on the table. So perhaps identifying what is, and I'm not saying anything new here, but identifying what is the, what is going to put food on your table. Now, part of mine is content for visibility. So that goes out first thing, six o'clock. That is when it's got um, five, your time. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it, it, it goes out first thing and and then what's the next thing that's the most important and the most important i guarantee you out of those 300 emails there may be 10 and we all suffer from email osis right or there's just way too much of it um there there may be 10 or 15 that absolutely have to be dealt with Right. The rest of them, and, and I'm talking about if you have multiple email accounts, which I'm sure you do as well, and you've got that one special one that isn't supposed to be crowded with anything other than, uh, in my case, declutter the brain business, and somehow things just manage to creep in there. And I use a color coding system, so I'll know what needs to be dealt with and, and what does not, because, boy, can you can ever go down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, well e even just the idea of clearing out your inbox and, and tagging all the junk and, and deleting them, oh, that takes time. You, you could easily consume a 30 minute window in your day just doing that. And if you do that three, four times a day, 
Guess what, my friend? You've you've burned a big chunk, you know, 25% of your day doing just that. And That's what's right. the value in that? So it it is so important. And for some reason, as I'm thinking here, I'm, I'm reminded, and I've told this story before, my college roommate was a career military guy. He retired after 32 years as a brigadier general from the Army. And but before he retired, he he had still he had been in Desert Storm and Desert Shield and all those actions um, that our military went through. And I was visiting with him at his home in Washington D.C. We had had dinner. We were sitting out on his patio, and I looked at him and I said, "Bill, you you are the most calm human being I've seen in a long time. How in the world?" With what you've had to deal with, how in the world can you be so incredibly calm? And he said, he said it, it does boil down to a simple truth. I ask myself two questions. When I feel the pressure building, I ask two questions. He said, is my family safe and is anybody around me dying? <laughs> and I went, whoa. <laughs> and he said, if the answers to those questions are yes and no, Yes, my family's safe. No, nobody around me is dying. I'm good. Nothing else matters. <laughs> now, that is prioritizing at its highest level. <laughs> wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say that? That's and, and I thought, wow, that is very profound. And, of course, you know, coming from a military leader with, with many, many combat ribbons on his chest, He's seen it, you know, he's been there. He knows the reality of what that means. And I think to extrapolate that, I, I think that's where a lot of modern day business leaders get balled up. They think that what they're doing is that life and death situation, and it seldom is. Yeah. I mean, yes, okay, there are businesses where people's lives could be at risk, heavy manufacturing, um, you know, chemical processing, construction. I mean, there are jobs that if you're not following good safety protocols, people can get injured and perhaps killed. So yes, there's that. But that's such a unique percentage of the whole scheme of things. Most entrepreneurs I know aren't anywhere close to that kind of risk and, and that kind of damage, yet they live their lives as though they are. Right, right. And everything's a push, everything's, you know, um, an emergency, and, and there's, there's that incredible, and I think that creates a lot of clutter in and of itself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, and you mentioned boundaries before. Uh, we we feel like we should, uh, I used to go through all of my whatever new emails and messages on the phone and this and that and the other thing. And I thought it, uh, just two, three weeks ago, I stopped doing that in favor of of the writing, the important thing. Because my my VA, she is a, she's in Eastern time. I'm in Atlantic time. I've got that extra extra hour. Will it matter that much if I answer these messages in two hours or right now? Will it make that much of a difference nope. to use up my mental battery on this? Right. 
do the important things first. And another part of me says, oh, well, I want to get it off my brain. I don't want to have to worry about it. And I get that. I totally understand. I'm sure you do too. We won't win it. But, but it's another form of the shiny object syndrome that you talk about. There are so many shiny objects that aren't even really very shiny, frankly. But they're there. They're distracting and that that's an entrepreneur's worst nightmare that is why uh, it's it's very difficult to without proper discipline and focus and perhaps someone a coach like yourself to say okay what did you do today or what did you do in the last week how walk me through your day how yeah. are you spending <clears throat> your time yeah yeah I had a client once we had been through several sessions, a small business owner, and um, we were we were talking about this whole time management thing. And I, I something clicked with me and I don't know why I hadn't asked him or seen. And I said, uh, would you mind flipping your machine around, share your screen, show me your calendar, show me what your calendar looks like. And he goes, Okay. <laughs> and he uh, flipped the screen and this, and it, you know, he's an Outlook user. And so here the nice, pretty calendar pops up blank. There wasn't a thing on it. Oh. And I said, okay, now I know our problem. I said, you, my friend, have no intentionality in anything you're doing you're talking about wanting to meet with your guys to do some training you're you're, you're talking about wanting to uh, develop a certain this and a, there's an area of your business that needs your attention and so on and so on and so on i said put it on the calendar i said start using the calendar as your friend to organize these things and and get progress mapped to the end game and he uh, he said okay and he he started doing that and it, it you know as as with any behavioral change it took some time because we get in these habits of the way we operate and we have to change that thinking and clear out some of that head trash about it and remember oh i gotta put it on the calendar and he started telling his team he said, you know, book some time with me. You know, I, I want right. you, you've got access to my calendar. You now can see when I'm available. And if it's showing available, you can book it. You, you know, you're, it's an open invitation. So his team started doing that. And so it, it's, um, he's already in the, we've worked together about a year and a half. He's already doubled his business and he's well on his way to a 3X of, where we first started. So real happy for him and in, in the progress he's making. But um, it, it is that idea of being intentional and creating some margin and getting that clutter out of your brain, <laughs> clearing that clutter, as your sign says. Absolutely. Folks, if you're listening on audio, um, there's a sign in um, Kitty's background picture that says, clear the clutter, calm the chaos. And I, I think that's that's your mantra, isn't it? Is that your tagline? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it's, it's one of them. It's, it's my main one because, frankly, it espouses what I do, uh, how, how I believe that if you do clear, whether it's uh, – uh, 
any any kind of clutter, then that you you will clear the chaos. Is it all going to go away? No, I'm afraid not. Unless your magic wand is much better than mine, it's not all going to go right. away. Right. But you will see a significant difference. And we we declutter. Uh, with my clients, we'll, we will, they come to me with physical clutter. They say, I don't know where, what to do, where to start. And then within two or three uh, sessions, they're about an hour long, things start to emerge where they're not getting as, uh, as well along with their, their husband or, or their, or their kids, where their job is suffering, uh, because they're not feeling good about themselves. Um, your health, your declutter, your health, declutter, your habits, declutter, your heart, meaning your relationships and your head. And of course your home, all of these things interact. And this goes back to uh, feng shui. Feng shui, 3,500 years science. It says, first thing you have to don't even start practicing this until you've cleared the clutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get it out. Well, Kitty, I think that's a good note to uh, put a bow on this. I really appreciate you joining us and, and being on this show. Uh, tell folks the best way to get a hold of you if they're looking for more information. Ah, thank you. Well, it, um, can go to Facebook, Kitty Andrews, or the absolute easiest, most comprehensive way is just go to declutterthebrain.com. Uh, there's a PDF there, Seven Easy Steps to Conquer Your Physical and Mental Clutter. They can book a call. Everything is right there in one easy step. Nice, nice. Very good. Well, I really appreciate it, Kitty. And all of that uh, link and contact info will be in our show notes. So as always, feel free to check that out. So uh, again, one last time, Kitty, thanks for sharing with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, and folks, we are going to wrap this up. And I want to remind everybody that if you're listening on your favorite audio, we do have a video version of this over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Hop over there, subscribe to the channel, uh, give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, let us know how we're doing, let me know. If you've got an idea for a new episode, I'm always open to suggestions or volunteers. I, If you or someone you know would be a good guest, just drop me a line, let me know, and we'd love to hear from you. For now, we're going to sign off, say goodbye, and wish you a, a great day. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.